Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to once again another interview here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's interview, we're going to head out to the Pac-12 as today we're joined by uh, Washington State offensive lineman Essa Pohl. Essa, thank you for coming on today, my guy. You truly have a incredible, you know, journey and story to where you've gotten to, you know, gotten to, to today. So I look forward to, you know, learning a little bit about you and your story. Man, thanks for having me. It uh, means a lot. And, hey, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, no, man, absolutely. It's a pleasure having you on. So, um, Essa, before we do start talking a little bit about, you know, how you ended up getting to Wazoo, you know, taking the JUCO route and everything like that, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, where you're from, how you got into football, you know, just some things like that. Well, I was um, raised in a small town, uh, Hayward, California. It's in the Bay Area, you know, shadowed by all the bigger cities, San Francisco, Oakland, and all of them. So uh, I was uh, I was raised by my mom, and uh, I have a pretty big family, you know, seven siblings, mom and dad and everything, but I was raised separately in a different home by uh, who I call my mom. She's pretty much been everything for me, and um, she wasn't a big believer of football, so I started out playing basketball. And um, I was in school. I was a pretty good student. But, you know, I've, I've even had my tries. I've even tried to sneak into, you know, football meetings, trying to get my way onto the team. But my mom was not having it in high school. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So definitely, you know, it, it, it's funny. I didn't mean to interrupt you. My bad if you're saying that. No, 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 no. You're good. But I've always, I don't know what it is, but always, you know, my big guys that I get on here, it's always, you know, they started out with basketball originally. But for you, and it was kind of a similar way with me, you know, my my mom and grandparents and everything, they did want me playing football. So I was in like mm-hmm. junior high and everything like that. So so let me ask you this, Essa. I mean, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, having a big family and everything like that. Do you feel like that kind of, because obviously it gets very competitive, you know, to be the best and everything like that. <laughs> Do you feel like that kind of established a mindset for you, you know, even when you did start playing football? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, with the little things, you know, we from the picking up rocks, seeing who could throw it farthest, you know, it's like little things like that. And especially when you have such a big family, you you stick out if you are on top a lot. You know, uh, two girls, five boys. So you got five boys running around trying to be the best. It's a lot of competitive spirit. Um, oh, probably drive our parents insane, but, you know, that's just how we are. Man, I could only imagine. So, now, as I'm looking at, you know, Wazoo's, like, official little, you know, player thing and everything like that. So, you actually had an older brother who actually played at Washington State. Yeah. So, if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, Man, like my father figure, you know. Um, he uh, He's pretty much done everything and more for me in my football journey. And as not only as a coach and as an older brother, but as a mentor. And, um you know, with his experience and coming and playing over here at Wazoo, he knew what the bare minimum was. And he knew what um, what it takes to not only make it to where I'm at, but, but to succeed here. And, um, you know, he was a, a big advocate for me to play football, actually, in high school and before that. But, you know, mom, the one who I was raised with, mom knows mom and mom, mom knows best. And um, there was no really defining her words. But, you know, once I got out of high school and I put my big boy pants on, it was um, my my brother couldn't be happier. And, um, <laughs> you know. Nah, I got you, man. I got you. And also, you know, growing up and, and everything like that, you know, with him, you know, playing Division One, Power 5 and everything like that, were you ever able to, you know, attend any games? or? Oh, yeah, I've been here before. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I was uh, – there's, there's a pretty significant uh, age gap between me and my older brother that came here. So um, I was a still a little kid, so, but not a lot has changed from the stadium 
aspect of the thing. And uh, I remember being here once and looking at everything. Oh, man, brought some nostalgic moments, Mom memories I didn't even thought I remembered. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, it was a tearjerker when I first found out I was coming here. Because it not only meant a lot to my brother, but it meant a lot to my grandpa, who's now, you know, passed away for about six years. But um, six, seven years. But um, <coughs> uh, it meant a lot to him. And he was the biggest Wazoo fan when it uh, when my brother was here. So I just to be able to carry out that um, this logo and it means a lot to our family. Nah, man, that's amazing. And you know, at least he'll have literally the best seat in the house to be able to watch you when you do play on Saturdays for, for Wazoo. Sure. So, um, but you know, as I mean, obviously, growing up, you know, in California, and they've got you know your powerhouses like USC, UCLA. So for you, you always grew up a Wazoo fan. Yeah. That's just how it was. Um, it, it's it, it, it's just kind of crazy how you know things always work out the way that they're intended, man. I mean, it's it, it's, it's it's God's work pretty much. So, so um anyway, so you know enough talking about all that. Let's, you know, kind of get back to you a little bit. So, if you remember, you know, when did you actually start playing football? Uh, two years ago, and the JUCO level, it was literally my first years playing. Man, okay, so you didn't have any high school experience, anything like that? None. Man, that's. I didn't see. I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. So, how was kind of that experience? You know, your first year actually. You know, it's different. You know, watching games and everything like that. But you know, for you, the first time you ever play football, you're playing against you know grown adults. So, kind of how was that experience for you when you first stepped? You know, stepped onto the JUCO level. Well, funny story. I'm. Uh, I don't really have names, but uh, uh, when I first started out, I started out to play de defensive line. So my brother was training me to play what he played, which was D-line. And uh, I remember going to one of the uh, football camps before my even first year ever playing. All he taught me was pass pro for the for the time being. And um, we went to this, you know, one-on-one -on -one KO camp. And I went against some guy that was my older brother's age. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, you can imagine what he did to me, but uh, it was a uh, it was pretty. It was the moment where I realized, oh, yeah, I'm I'm not. It's a learning is one thing, but you know, I gotta I gotta get myself in the race, and I'm behind. So the workload after that camp, you can imagine, only doubled, and um, I only had even short amount of time to get to where I wanted to get, and where my brother believed I could. Um, time passed. Coach saw potential in me. He saw footwork. He saw all the measurables, but he thought that um, my my skills would be best uh, utilized on the offensive side. So, you know, he talked to me, talked to my brother. It was a moment where we really had to sit down and think about what we wanted and think about what, um, you know, what was best for me. You know, my brother to this day still believes, and I think so too, that I could have done it at D-line. But, you know, following my coach and believing in the program and believing in the process was the best thing I could have done, and I'm, that's why I'm here now. That's, I mean, that's absolutely wild. I mean, I know I said at the beginning, you know, you kind of had a crazy story to get here, but I didn't realize how crazy, you know, your story really was. That's like, I didn't realize, you know, you had no football experience up until getting to the JUCO level. So mm -hmm. let me ask you this, you know, I'm guessing most of your, or, well, you know, the people in your family that did play football, I'm guessing most of them play defensive line. Obviously your older brother played D lineman at Washington state. So how the hell was that transition going from, you know, trying to tackle the quarterback to now, you're having to drop back and actually protect them. Um, I don't know. In the beginning, I was kind of hurt, you know. Like, <laughs> I had fun. I really did have fun playing D-line, and I thought I could really be dominant. But uh, 
you know, it was a really, you know, like you said, it was all God's plan. And um, just humbling myself and just realizing that, you know, what in the kind of coming to my senses and like, what do I know about football? You know, like I only have a year, not even a year. Like I have a few months on my on my table before the season is even hit. And I'm over here trying to fight that I'm better at one thing or the other. I don't know anything about football yet. So it was more of a, you know, yeah, I'm having fun playing D-line. And, yeah, I, I still believe I can be good at it. But what I what I want is my best shot possible to get and to get to where I believe I can be. And, um, you know, playing O-line in the beginning, it was a little rough. It was a... I was already like my brother had our own little personal study sessions for D-line and all of a sudden I'm over here trying to figure out different terminology for a whole brand new sport. Everything was foreign to me and I was trying to um, figure out the best techniques, watch the best. I was watching Tyrone Smith, Trent Williams, uh, David Bakhtiari, those guys, you know, trying to imitate them and it's kind of hard trying to watch an NFL guy when you feel like you just started and it was like you're a guppy in this game and not to mention uh, my first season as Chabot I actually got injured for half the season so I really only have a season and a half of playing that's I mean that just that goes to show you know how you know how great your worth ethic or not worth ethic your worth at <laughs> ugh, I can't even talk my bad you, you get what I'm trying to say you get what I'm trying to say yeah, yeah. but um I mean but, I mean, that's just incredible. The fact that you were able to make it, you know, to the Power 5 level in just a year and a half. And normally the biggest thing, and a lot of guys I've even worked with in the past, the biggest thing that they've always kind of said a lot of coaches is like, okay, you don't have enough film, right? You don't have yada, yada, yada. I mean, you impressed so much in just a year and a half that you were able to get to this level. Now, I got to ask you, and if you don't mind, talk to us and kind of, you know, walk us through, you know, your first game ever. Right. You know, I normally a lot of guys their first games at Pee Wee and everything. But for you, your first game was in Juco. So walk us through that experience. Oh, man, Fresno City College. Oh, my goodness. There were some boys, man. There were some boys. <laughs> gotta, I got to say, I was like, we came in there hot. We were looking like, oh, we couldn't be stopped. We had a huge old line. You know, I was a new addition, new hot shot. I thought I was going to be it. I, I lined up. I look up and I'm like, oh, this is for real. Like, these guys are hungry. And um, first play of the game, my right tackle gets injured. The right tackle, my my, my number one guy, you know, I look at him and he's Ooh. on doesn't get up. And I'm like, what is going on? So they move me to the right side and I bring in a backup to fill in for left. And the next series comes in and I go in and I go down. And I'm, it's, it is, you know, I'm not going to use that language, but it was an S show for sure. And it was – um, my first game, and I'm looking around like, this can't be football. This is not what it is. It's not what I see on TV, is it? And, you know, me and my one of my best friends on the team is just sitting there in crutches. And we're watching the game, rest of the game. We get blown out, and it's not looking good. It's not what we planned for. We thought it was going to be something different. And I don't know, but it just realized, it just gave me a moment of clarity, even though it was like one of the worst experiences I could have had for a first game of anything let alone what I'm what I'm trying to do for the rest of my life but it was like it was an eye-opener for me because it showed me where I'm at and it showed me what I needed to do to get to where I want to be like not just who I'm facing but to dominate 
who I'm facing. And my brother saw it too, and he had no worry in his mind. It was funny because I was freaking, my eyes were like watery. I was like, all this hard work we put in. And he looked at me, he's like, you're not even worried, not unfazed. And I was wondering like, what? I thought he'd be disappointed or something. Like you put in all this work for me, but he saw this coming. And, you know, another shout out to him, you know, he just knew what I didn't and he saw what I couldn't. And man, man that's, that, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you know, you've waited your whole life to be able to play the game of football. Your first ever game, you know, any level, your first ever game, your best friend gets injured, and then you end up getting injured. And you said you missed the majority of that season, right? I missed five games, and we only played ten. Yeah, so pretty much you literally missed half the season. You weren't able to get, you know, five games, which at the JUCO level was huge in terms of, you know, getting film and everything right. like that. Right. So for you, Essa, I mean, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, talking with your brother and everything like that. But for you personally, you know, how did you keep your mindset so positive and not really, you know, let it get to you that, you know, you may not be able to get to that, you know, power five level? Um, It was more trusting in myself. It was more um, – it took a lot of mental toughness, but there's, I mean, what is football, right? That's really literally the bread and butter of football is mental toughness and trying to get through, you know, workouts, watching my guys work and I'm sitting there on the side and I'm like, every minute that I'm sitting here is another minute that I could be working. And, you know, it was funny, even though I had a knee brace, I was over here doing push-ups on the side, and my brother was making me do push-ups. There was no break for me just because I was injured. And then we, uh, when I was able to, like, get my little walk on without crutches and just a brace, he took me to the gym at night. So he, I was over there, like, doing upper body, doing back, uh, tries, buys, all all, the, all that I could do without using my leg. And I was the only person over there limping around with a knee brace over there at Planet Fitness. And that's... But, I mean, that's just crazy, man, that, you know, you didn't quit. I mean, that's the biggest thing, and that kind of makes it almost – I mean, I'm ready to, you know, literally run through one of my walls, right? Like, the fact that you didn't <laughs> quit and you didn't, you know, just sit down and kind of accept it like, you know, this isn't meant to be and everything like that. That just goes to show, really, you know, not even just work ethic. I said it right this time, work ethic. There you but, go. You know, also there you too, go. <laughs> but, you know, also, too, you know, just your character, Essa, right? Like, the type of person you are and everything, and especially a lot of college coaches seeing that. I mean, that got them probably, you know, drooling at the mouth. So if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your first game back, right? Your first game back after, you know, suffering your injury and everything like that. You know, how did that how did that go for you? Oh, man, um, uh, it's kind of sad. It's, it wasn't it wasn't the most better. The only better thing is I didn't get injured. So but it, we, I come back and we play that year's state champion. So my game back is seven. <sighs> <laughs> man so, and you know oh oh oh, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but i just wanted to say so you played in the same general area as laney college right from last yeah, chance you and everything that's our rival our rival our rival is laney college man and that is one of the most talented areas in all of like you know juco football so you we're, i mean we can yeah we're one of the top conferences in in, uh, in the state if not more so like it's that's, tough we were you know on on the bottom pack of our conference and we have powerhouses like San Mateo who was this year's state champion we have San Francisco who was last year's we have Laney who was the year before that and then it's just like then we have Chabot and then Delta College and then we're, we're looking at the, you know our base six that's our base six that's I think I'm mean, 
one more. I think they're gonna they're gonna rap me on this one. I was about to say they're probably gonna end up just spamming you with a bunch of hate stuff. But I but I mean obviously if you know from all of us being able to watch, you know, documentary and everything like that. I mean, that's a super stacked conference. But for you, I mean, we even saw it too. San Francisco, they're always, you know, a really physical team. Right. And- oh, Devil <laughs> Valley. Sorry. There you go. DVC. My guys over there at DVC. I'm sorry. <laughs> Devil Valley College, dude. I didn't forget y'all. <laughs> I got you, Essa. So your first game back, I mean, at least the one positive you could take away from it, you didn't get injured. So at least you were able to escape that game without being injured, being put on the sideline, anything like that. I mean, obviously, you got to get the rust off and everything. So, as a you know, if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about how the rest of you know your freshman season went, and then kind of the mindset going into you know what would end up being you know your breakout year. Um. Well, since I was injured for five games, I only was able to come back and play our conference. So it was our five teams that we had to play against. Man, that's just wrong. That's just, yeah. <laughs> that's, just that's just wrong. Talk about a movie, man. Um, so we played San Mateo, we played City, we played DVC, Rainey, and Delta. But uh, Jesus, it was um, it was definitely uh, if throwing a fire was like if there was a statement that could like double the meaning of that, that was exactly what I what happened to me. And you know, I was playing against these guys, but as I was playing those games in a funny way, I was playing against these dogs. I was playing against these players that have been playing for a while, and then I start realizing that. As I'm playing, I'm not doing, I'm not dominating, but I can hang with these guys. And I'm like looking and, you know, we have, we have, we had such a run heavy offense our first year that, you know, the way our scheme set up, I was doing a lot of the, you know, I was mostly backside, but um, man, it was, it was just, as time went on, I saw a little spurts in me. Like, there were some plays that I could have done better, but then there were some plays where I, I surprised myself. And then it was those plays where I didn't hesitate. It was those plays where I didn't care about who was in front of me, but all I cared about was where he was going. And, you know, as time went on, I started realizing that when I stopped second-guessing myself and stopped thinking about, you know, all the all the accolades they have on their belts and the lack of accolades I have on mine, I play better. I play more, I play faster. I don't think I attack and react later instead of reacting and thinking about attacking. And then it was that moment when I started realizing and even my brother pinpointing, you know, different parts of my film, showing me one play here where I, where I hesitated and one play where I didn't and showing where my weakness lies. It was not in my physical ability. It wasn't that I didn't put enough work in and that I, I wasn't at the level of these guys, but these guys have been playing for so long. There's not, it's too much to think about. They know what they're supposed to do when they attack it. And, oh, I got you. And, yeah, that was the biggest thing for me, and that's diff- That's basically the difference I had to make from my breakout year that I had was attacking. And I, de- I think you could definitely say, you know, all those film studies you had with your brother, all the, you know, all the adversity, all the workouts, everything like that, I mean, it really, you know, showcased in your first full year of actually being able to play, you know, football and – I mean, oh, yeah. you know, the, the accolade, and you know, you just got done talking about accolades and everything like that. You know, you were able to rack up some accolades. Uh, Region one, all California first team, unanimous conference selection. I mean, you were also a three star, you know, in Juco, Juco terms, which is really good. And you were the ninth best offensive, offensive tackle in the nation. I mean, the fact you were able to do that in one year is just ridiculous. But I mean, for you, 
you know, Essa, how, how did that feel, you know, finally being able for all that hard work to really pay off? Oh, man. Like, you know, took took everything in me and more to hold back some tears because, like, and um, I forgot to add that, you know, my older brother was actually the D-line coach at Chabot. So he's actually the D-line coach there and the strength coach. So not only is he coaching guys to beat me up every practice, but he's also the guy beating me up in the offseason with our workouts. But, um, you know, being next to my brother every day, being next to him and seeing the work he put in, the sleepless nights that not only I have, but he has, and, you know, our two-a-days, three-a-days, maybe even more, like the constant recovery we have to have because we're killing ourselves in the weight room when we were running. I remember when I first started out, we had we, he would wake me up after he got off of work so we can go and run. Like, he got off at 4 in the morning. I was, like, falling asleep, and he'd walk in, wake me up. We'd go I'd run to my, to my, you know, my buttocks is over here about to fall off. And then, <laughs> then when I lay down on the field, and I'm wondering, geez, do I even want to play football? Like, moments like that, you know, you, those are the things. You don't think about the good times when good things happen. When good things happen, you think about the rough times. And you start thinking about those times where you thought – maybe I should stop or maybe I shouldn't keep doing this. And that's what the moments you think about because you begin being grateful for not only the people around you, but for God, like keeping you on that path and not letting your spirit falter. And, oh man, it was, uh, I remember my first offer, you know, my first offer was Lindenwood University, you know, some, some small D1 over there in Missouri. And like, you know, everyone was like, you know, it was Lindenwood and the coaches are okay, but, Man, it meant the world to me. It meant it was my first little, my little pinky toe dipping in the ocean. You know, it was just my little, little taste of what, what could come. And this, and that all happened. I think that offer came before the season even started. And, and, uh, you know, with more film coming in, then it came the Mountain West offers and some independent offers. And then Pac-12 started coming in. And I was just, you know, and I was just, my brother was just, trying to keep me humble and telling me, you know, we still got a season to play, you know, ball out for the guys over here before you worry about where you're going to go next. And that's, I think he did that on purpose because that only helped my, my case even more. And that only helped bring in more offers. And, you know, he, he kept me on that path where, you know, you get one and okay, I'm all that. And now you don't play your best. Nah, he kept me playing my best and only more success came through the door. And man, so, that, oh, jeez. Just thinking about it again gives me chills. Nah, man, that shit, I'm over here. I'm about to have to go put a hoodie on or something, man. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, I mean, as a, obviously, you got that first offer, which, I mean, even being able to get an offer, you know, D3, D2, D1, and, you know, right. considering all the adversity and everything you went through, that literally is, like, what feels like almost at that time, one of the biggest accomplishments, you know, ever. And then I'm glad you talked about, you know, got Mountain West offers, you know, then you started to get into the Pac-12 and obviously you decided to take your talents to the Pac-12 and you went to a school which your family is very familiar with and you right. decided to go with Washington State. So if you don't mind, talk to us a little bit about, you know, how Washington State, you know, started to contact you a little bit and, you know, what ultimately, you know, made you want to end up uh, going up there to Pullman. Oh, man, it was a it was a tough decision. I, I, I have to tell you that it was a but, you know, my brother didn't his. You know, he did his very best to tell me, you know, this is your decision. Don't let anything else get in the way. Like, 
doesn't matter where he's been, doesn't matter, you know, what what we know, what we know for sure. And what my family's always told me that they'll support me. And, you know, big shout out to all of them. You know, they big reason why I'm doing this. My mom was, my mom who took care of me was a big, big person. I'm telling me, you know, go where your heart is telling you. And even my birth mom, she, uh, she was always asking me, like, what do you think? What do you think? What are you thinking? You know, I kind of like this place. I kind of like that place. You know, I'm, I want to know where your mind's at. But what really did it for me um, was a lot of things. Starting off was Coach McGuire over here, the online coach over here at Wazoo. Um, he just spoke a, he just spoke in a way that really stuck to me. And it was like, it was a coaching style that I, 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 I liked. It was more, it was nitpicky. And a lot of, a lot of guys don't like that. But with me and the short time I've had playing the game, that's what I need. I need nitpicky. I don't need you to tell me I'm good right now because I've only been playing for two years. I need a coach that's going to tell me, oh, that was okay, but you can do better right here. Because when someone else comes, they're going to take full advantage of what you didn't do on this rep. That's the coaching that I needed. And that's the coaching that I appreciated from Coach McGuire. And when I came to a practice over there, they were getting ready for the LA Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. That's what I saw. I was looking at the old lineman pass set or run block, and I thought it looked good and what I knew of what run blocking and pass blocking looked like. But then when he would he would stop them and be like, you know, move it, move their hands like you know, three inches down or something like that. And I was looked at it. and I was like, that's what I need. That's what I need right there. That's what I need a coach to not coach me. And I, I remember seeing this somewhere. Not coach me till I get it right, but coach me till I can't get it wrong. And that's what I needed and from a coach. And, and not only that, he was the most um, consistent person talking to me throughout the whole recruiting process. He called me almost every day. And he called me talking about the most random stuff. We didn't even talk about football half of our calls. We talked about family. We talked about what we ate. We talked about our workouts. Like, it Hey, I I'm sorry. You. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, you're good. It just it just cut out a little bit. Yeah, but no, sorry, I, uh, no, no, you're yeah, you're good, man. But I mean, obviously, Essa, you know, being able to feel like you finally found somewhere that's going to end up being your home and a place that you know your family had already called home, which has got to be a great feeling. So for you, how did that? How did how did it feel when you finally you know said I'm going to go play for Washington State? Like, how did you? How did you feel when you put pen to paper to go play for the Cougars? Um, geez, I remember uh, Coach McGuire first gave me the offer when he he actually flew out to the school to Chabot, and he actually uh, we got some papers done. He wanted to make sure everything was set for me to transfer, and he gave me the offer right there. And I remember when he gave me that offer, me and my brother were sitting on the cart, you know, driving around the campus, and that's the moment where he was like he teared up. I, you know, I'm not used to seeing my brother zero, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm over here wondering what the hell I did. <laughs> so, but <clears throat> then he said it because uh, he told my brother before he told me. <clears throat> he told me they're gonna offer you, and I was just ecstatic. I was just over my head, but he was just telling me he was so proud of me. And when and then um, I committed actually on my visit here because I saw everything I needed to see. Um, and we committed at one of the dinners and all the coaches and some of the players were there. And I remember when I announced it in front of everybody 
everyone was dabbing me up. Everyone was there, you know, shaking hands with my older brother. And I brought my little brother with me to the visit, too. So everyone was shaking his hand, too. <laughs> That's and, what's up. I know. And he was telling me his hand was hurting after because everyone was slapping his hand a little hard. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, oh, man, it was a magical moment. And uh, just seeing myself in that crimson and gray again, you know, I'm, I'm just I just can't wait to start putting the video the pictures of me and my brother next to each other when on in our cougar uniforms and just seeing, you know, this is what we are and this is what we're doing. Yeah, that's 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 incredible, Essa. And obviously, you know, you enrolled in everything. You're currently at Wazoo right now, correct? Yeah. So so let me so let me ask you, you know, what personally, I mean, obviously football wise and everything, but for you, you know, what's been some of your favorite parts of, you know, campus and just being at Washington State? Um, I have to say it was, uh, the food here is great. I was, I was just about to say, you can say the food. So, <laughs> so, so. You know, as a, as a hog, as a big hog in the old you know, it's, uh, it really means a lot when the food is good. So, but, um, the food is definitely, you know, up there. It's, um, it's, uh, this place is exactly what they said on the visit. It's everything you need and a little bit of what you want. And that's that's perfect, for, especially for the, like the college sense that you giving giving uh, players everything they want is probably not the best idea. So having this setting and, you know, coming from the Bay Area where I'm surrounded by big cities and, you know, a lot of action going on, you know, if you know what I'm saying, it's um, coming here to a peaceful town, a small town. Everyone knows everybody, you know, quiet. You know, you don't you don't get a lot of action going on over here. You know, some people may not like it, but I actually enjoy it. I actually enjoy the, you know, everyone's on the same mission. Everyone is just, we wake up in the morning, walk outside. We, we go to our workouts, come back, get our homework done, get some food. It's that lifestyle that, you know, that is good for people that are coming here from different states and living on their own and living with, you know, roommates. And it's... I feel like the biggest thing for me over here, especially in Pullman, is just the atmosphere. Um, the people are amazing. Um, uh, my teammates, man, you know, <laughs> they know they know how to welcome somebody for sure. And it's just, oh man, I'm already growing the love for my my boys, and you know that's something special, especially if you want to get something done on the field. You really got to have that chemistry you know, off the field. And that's definitely something that we've been building and it's building quick. And uh, I'm already seeing myself put my body on the line for some of these guys. Hey, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. And, you know, obviously you're having a great time off the field. I know you probably can't wait for spring practice and everything. Oh, man, I'm just sometimes <laughs> I can't sleep thinking about it, man. I just can't wait for spring, man. Hey, I got you. Now, Essa, let me ask you, because obviously this upcoming season is going to be the last time that you'll see, you know, USC and UCLA. So what games are you looking forward to the most during this upcoming year? Um, Besides Cal, because that was my other offer, and that was actually my dream school coming out of high school. But uh, it was um, uh, it was a big, um, I don't know, there was a lot of things going on in Cal, you know. You know, love the program, you know, no no dog in the program, but things things didn't fall through. And uh, they came kind of late on my offer, and I was already had my mindset after because they weren't part of that decision at the time. And, um, you know, just I'm excited for Cal because not only do I get to play against my dream school and show them what's up, but uh, my family can come to that game. So uh, that's going to be a big game, to, you know, to see everybody and see them in the stands and play against, you know, my, my dream school. Um, 
you know, Colorado, obviously, you know, Deion Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Got to be in that one. <laughs> I got you. But... Um, yeah. And then my, I got some boys over there at UCLA that I want to say what's up to. So, yeah, I feel like UCLA would be a big one, too. Hey, I know I'm definitely excited to see you play. I'm down here in Texas, so I'm actually going to be at Dion's first ever game because he's going to be playing my team. So oh, that'll you. definitely, yeah. So that that'll be fun to see how his, you know, his his uh, whole little regime does. But um, Essa man, I've absolutely enjoyed having you on. I just have a few more questions before we head out, my guy. Just a few more. Don't want to keep going here for too long. But um, so the first one I want to ask you, and I ask everybody or everyone that comes on, I always ask them this, just so you know, the listener and even myself included. We can kind of gain a little bit of a perspective on, you know, your play style, right? So whether it's past, present, college football or NFL, you know, what player's play style do you feel like you truly resemble the most and why? Play styles. You, you want me to compare it to a player? Yeah, yeah, the player. So whether it's past, present or, you know, college football or NFL. Um, oh, man. You know, I've spent all my time trying to emulate players. It's kind of hard to now try to compare myself. Because, you know, I, I, <laughs> I still, still see myself as a guppy, you know. So, it's yeah. Like, oh, man, uh, who am I going to shame for saying I feel like I play like them? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um oh, man. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, like, drawing. Hey, hey, you know, you're good. I know you were mentioning, you know, Trent Williams, who's an absolute beast for the 49ers and oh, Tyron geez. Smith with the Cowboys. I know. Everyone would laugh at me if I tried to say Trent Williams. Nah, you're good. But I mean, you know what? You know, we can skip that question because obviously you kind of have that. You kind of have that pass because you haven't been able to play as long as some other guys. So I'll. So we'll we'll skip that question. But everybody out there, he'll definitely be a Trent Williams type of player here in the next year or two. Guarantee it. So, um, anyways, just the final question I want to ask you, and this is one that is the most important. So I'm telling you. Do not mess this one up. Oh, here we go. So, uh, okay, hey, it's not it's not too bad. It's not too bad. It might reflect a little bit negatively on you, but um, so whether it's okay, so pregame, right? You're either chilling in the locker room or you know <coughs> just chilling wherever on the field. You got your AirPods on. What is your go-to pregame hype song and why? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I've got to ask. It's it's like a requirement at this point. Really, really, really. Um, yeah, gotta. Ah, oh, jeez. Okay, you, yeah. You you I, can I, you can you can name artists if you want. I know okay, some guys so do that actually, too. It's actually it's funny. So okay, a little background. So I actually have a, a girlfriend, and she's uh she lives in Australia. So that's oh, okay. I, I'm in a long distance relationship. I know. There's just more layers to me. I know. So I swear, man. I. I keep I keep learning something new like every five minutes I talk to you. <laughs> like, yeah, who knew it was possible, right? But yeah, I've been with her for almost uh, about to be three years in July, and um, uh, we and she lives in Australia, so I get to listen to some of their Australian music a little bit. And then there's one, oh, song, it's a uh, it's called Young, it's called Misunderstood by Young and Lives. And when you hear the song, it's like you know, it's you can you can actually play it on like a highlight on highlight film or something like that. But the biggest thing about the song is that he's misunderstood. And I feel like for me, you know, when I'm when I'm playing football, you know, um, not playing for that long, I feel like my biggest strength is that I'm misunderstood and that I'm not everyone knows too much about me. And that's my biggest power is that you don't know me and you and I have a chance to let you know now, you know. Man, we we got to get you on like a thirty for thirty or something, dude. <laughs> I 
I swear, man. I was I was ho- I was hoping for a second when you said you had a long distance relationship, like it wasn't gonna be like a Manti Teo type thing, you know what I mean? Oh, Where, no, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh but, please, no, no. Okay, we have, good. We have okay. Really, we, we FaceTime, so Okay, like, okay, good, man. <laughs> I was I was worried for a second. I didn't want you to get I didn't want you to get caught up in a big game and then later later all these, you know, like little nerd analysts come out talking about, you know, this person doesn't exist. But that's cool, man. I'm glad that you don't understand you know, the amount of pain we went through when that when that Netflix thing came out. Oh, like man. it just resurfaced. And then I had to tell people that I was in a long distance relationship and they just gave me the side eye. I'm like, oh geez, there you go. See- See, and it pains me because I loved Manti Teo when I was growing up, right? Like, that was right. one of my favorite guys to watch. And then once I heard that, I mean, I was younger, so I didn't really remember it as much. But, like, when that documentary came out, and I'm like, man, they did him so wrong. So wrong. So wrong. But, but I mean, it. And so this has probably been one of the most enjoyable interviews I've ever done, man. I mean, I love I love all my TCU guys out there. I love all my K-State guys I've done and everything. But, Essa, you might definitely – you might have definitely tipped the chart a little bit. So, <laughs> no, nah, just no. Nah, it was definitely the culture you bring into this uh these podcasts and the questions you ask and the energy you got is uh, I'm just feeding off of you, man. Nah, why? Well, I, I appreciate you, Essa, man. Seriously, you keep doing your thing at Pullman. We're gonna keep. No, we're gonna stay in contact. I might even have to attend a game or something if y'all play down here, like in like Arizona. Y'all play either Arizona State or Arizona this year because I know y'all are in the like. North twelve. Um, I have to relook at it, but we yeah, for sure we play one of them. Might have to make a trip out there depending on college. So but right. SMN, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Everybody out there that's listening to today's uh interview and episode with Essa, make sure you go check them out. Make sure you go show them some love. I'm gonna leave all the socials, links, everything like that. It's gonna be down below in the description of today's episode. And Essa, before we head out, is there anything you want to say, my guy? Um, nah, just thanks for having me and uh, you know. Uh, We got something cooking in Puma. Hey, absolutely.